Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. Amen. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. I want to say uh, what an honor it's been and double privilege. Amen. I want to say thank you to the Bradford family, to the Frost family, and to the church here in Bakersfield for all the accommodations and all the acceptance and, amen, love unfeigned in the spirit. Amen. It's been wonderful conversations and, and connections in the spirit and, uh, Amen. Just traveling throughout the city from day to day, just going to and fro. Amen. Just falling in love with the souls of this city. Praise God. Amen. I'm so thankful, though. Even though in the midst of darkness, amen, there is a place of light at God's church. Can you say amen? Amen. Even in the place of darkness, there's hope for this city, and that is this church. Praise God. Amen. So thankful, thankful for First Pentecostal Church. Amen. Thankful for my family tonight. Amen. My wonderful wife and children. Amen. So thankful. You know, the Bible says that uh, God looked at man and said, it's not good that man shall dwell alone. I don't know what the Lord saw, but he saw something that wasn't good. I'm going to have to ask him about that when I get up there. Just what did you see? It, it did something. I don't know. He said, we got to get this boy some help fast. We got to get him some help. Only thing I can think of was he was going to destroy himself. I mean, there was enough ammunition and material to destroy himself. There were trees. You ever seen a young boy in a tree? I remember falling out of a, a tree. Had to be 20 feet at least. I thought I'd climb the tree, conquer the tree. Grab one branch and I fell, and next thing I know, I was waking up. Almost destroyed myself. Amen. But nevertheless, uh, God shown his mercy on me, gave me a wonderful wife. Amen. And uh, so thankful to have a good help meet by my side. Praise God. Amen. So thankful for God's mercy. Amen. The book of Exodus chapter 15 and verse 1. Amen. Now, we know Moses was a preacher, but, you know, Brother Moses could sing a little bit. He didn't just sing, he sang. Y'all see that? Exodus 15, verse 1, then sang Moses. And the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. See, that's worth singing about. Some things that we don't have to deal with anymore. Some thoughts, some ideas, some perceptions, some ideologies, some fears and shadows that the people of God don't have to deal with anymore. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea his chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea 
The depths have covered them. They sank unto the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sent forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as in heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. And if you can go down to verse 20, please. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. Hallelujah. God had given them total deliverance. There were some things on this particular day that they would never have to see again in their life. As you heard me say before, there were some concepts, there were some fears, there were some shadows, there were some old nightmares that God said this day, you'll never have to deal with it again. That's deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. And I, I feel like God spoke to me just a couple days ago and today in prayer that Amen. He's going to deliver some folks from some things tonight. There's going to be some things up here that you'll never have to deal with or feel inferior to again. You won't feel subject to it. You won't feel vulnerable to it ever again because God's going to send his anointing in this service tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Is that all right? See, there's some false concepts in Pentecost that when you get baptized in Jesus' name, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, everything's all right. But I think all of us can testify that it takes time for some things to get eradicated. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Am I talking to anybody tonight? But after tonight, the Holy Ghost is going to do a work up here. He's going to do a work in your spirit. Amen. And some of us, when you leave here tonight, amen, there's going to be some things that's going to be drowned in the Red Sea tonight, and you'll never have to face them or struggle with them again. Jesus, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we come to praise you. We come to worship you. Everybody praying in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, can you break through right now? There's a Holy Ghost move. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Speak, O oh God. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind us, Satan. In the name of, it's already starting in this place. Total deliverance in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. A dance of deliverance. Praise the Lord. I, I, I don't know why God has uh, put these stories in my mind. Some of the stories uh, that I've been thinking about in prayer and haven't thought about in years. And uh, some of them I actually forgot about. But I felt in prayer to start out tonight with a personal story. Uh, that involves demonic spirits once again. Sometimes I hesitate because, number one, uh, a lot of times when you start talking about spirits and uh, devils and angels, there's always the potential to seem uh, almost enlightened more than anybody else or to seem like you are spiritually superior than anybody else. Amen. And uh, I just want to assure you that is just not the case. My wife will attest to that, praise God. Uh, I know a lot of times you hear stories about spirits and demons and, and angels and all of those things, and uh, I know there's some people that, that walk in that dimension. I'm not one of those people that walks in, those, in that dimension, and I know some people that, uh, that want to walk in that dimension. I'm not one that wants to walk in that dimension. Amen. I like, I like my sleep. Amen. When I go to sleep, I want to dream about, you know, butterflies and glitter. Praise God. You know, good... Good stuff, you know, good breakfast in the morning, you know, just, man. But, but sometimes every once in a while, right before you go to sleep, you know, the enemy loves to show up around that time. And uh, I remember a particular time uh, I, was, I had been preaching, and uh, I had been going through a few things in my life, uh, preaching and, and, you know, getting up to the pulpit and uh, preaching God's word, preaching faith and preaching strength or or preaching rebuke or repentance or whatever, whatever God needed me to preach. And uh, sometimes I always felt it, it was ironic that, uh, you know, to get up and, and preach strength and faith and, and God is all powerful and God can do all these things. But, but then when the mic was cut off and the lights were shut down, going back to the hotel room or whatnot, feeling so weak and vulnerable to things that I felt like I've struggled with for years. Anybody hear me? Uh, things that uh, you almost feel embarrassed to talk about because according to uh, just tradition, rather, or according to uh, just putting on a good, good show, a good face, uh, to, 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 to be struggling with certain things in the mind uh, at this particular time almost seemed like an embarrassment, uh, almost seemed like you just were a little bit ashamed to talk about the struggles. And it happens a lot with people, people that have been in church for a long time, quite some time, a year or more, whatever, 10 years, 20 years, uh, to struggle in the mind almost seems like it's illegal to do so. Uh, but I'll be the first one to tell you uh, that uh, it doesn't matter how long you've had the Holy Ghost or how, how fresh the Holy Ghost is, uh, there's going to be things that you struggle with in your mind. Praise God. Can I get an amen? It's the truth. That's the truth. And though we don't we don't fall victim to these things or let these things control us. Uh, it is a battle. There's things that we struggle with, and uh, there's lies, and there's voices, and there's thoughts that seem to be foreboding and manipulating and controlling, and, uh, and, and it seems like they just go on and on and on. And God, when is there going to be any release uh, from this particular valve? And I remember uh, just going along, it seemed like for months, maybe even over a year, uh, just feeling like, uh, uh, feeling like I was backslidden, like I uh, condemnation and, and all of these things, and not feeling, uh, not feeling 
up to standard, like God always had something against me, like there was something wrong with me. Uh, no matter how much I prayed, no matter how much I would fast or go to church, there was always this nagging feeling of, 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 of uh, you're, you're backslidden, you're not where you should be, and then that would, that would generate condemnation. And uh, there were times that uh, so strong on my mind, the battles that you go through, uh, questioning the truth and questioning, God, am I preaching the truth? And I know I'm making myself vulnerable, and I love the truth, and I believe in the truth, but, but when these thoughts come from a different dimension and from a different world, it seems like they're your own thoughts, praise God. And it's hard to articulate it sometimes in a counseling session or in fellowship, and uh, all you know is you've got this battle in the mind. You've got this struggle, this complexity uh, of the mind and these thoughts, and you pray and you fast and you, and you go to work and you go to church, but these battles still... Uh, are significant in the mind. And I remember a particular time, uh, had nowhere to preach, and so I went back home and I got wind of a youth meeting in Billings, Montana, and uh, I didn't have anything to do, so I grabbed a brother from the church and we drove four hours to this, to this youth meeting. Amen. We got to town about five o'clock, stopped at, uh, at uh, Red Robin, which I'm sure was in the will of God. Amen. And, uh, and, and uh, we, we ate there, got to the church, changed our clothes. And, and I remember just in the prayer room, uh, kids praying and young people praying and adults praying. And, uh, and I remember at that particular time, something just kind of hit me. Man, I really need something from God. I don't know if it's going to be at this youth meeting, but God, if, if, you, could, if you could speak to me, I just, I need some relief. I need something uh, I, need, I need some revelation. This has gone on too long, too strong, and too far. And I, I remember just getting in the prayer room, and it seemed like uh, maybe a little bit aggressive more than other people, and, and getting to praying and start to fill in some things. And I remember uh, the youth service starting, good music, and amen, good worship, and, and uh, just good praise. I remember the young man that got up there, preached so good and so faithfully, and uh, it, it just, you know, it was, it was a... It was a good message, amen, and uh, I can't remember what the message was. Amen, I'm not going to disrespect him and say that it was average message. It's never an average message when the man of God is up here preaching, but uh, it just it wasn't significant to me. And, and uh, I remember that Friday night, the fellowship, playing basketball, the pizza, and, and uh, finally uh, we settled down to go to a brother's house in the city there about 2 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, he led us down in the basement, showed us where we were going to uh, spend the night, me and the brother, another minister. And uh, I remember just kind of uh, maybe shaking my head a little bit. Man, I was kind of hoping I'd get something from God. And um, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning and uh, getting ready to go to sleep. And I remember because I was, I was trying to go to sleep before that, before that preacher got to talking. Because, you know, if you talk to a preacher after 10 o'clock, good chance you're probably going to be there past midnight. And so my preacher friend was there, and I was trying to go to sleep because if you got two preachers in the room, that's a bad connection. And uh, so it's about 2 o'clock, and I remember he got up to, I uh, got in my bed, he got in his bed, and, and uh, I remember, man, he shut the lights off, and uh, there was some, some, still some lighting coming through. And uh, I remember him getting up. I think he went upstairs. There was still some other young people. I think he was going to go fellowship. And, and uh, I remember just getting ready to go to sleep. And as I was getting ready to go to sleep, I remember uh, something kicked my leg, kicked my foot. 
and uh, I thought it was him, and I was like, hey, you know, cut it out. I'm trying to go to sleep, and, and uh, something kicked my foot again, and uh, something just told me, man, that hair on the back of your neck, that old, that old feeling, I'm like, man, that ain't, that ain't him, and, and when I opened my eyes, I, was, I opened my eyes, there was this uh, a creature uh, that was hunched over me, and I remember looking at his face. His face was about, had to be two and a half, three feet long. It was kind of mangled, it, it kind of twisted. And, and I remember he was right in my face and he was almost like he was observing me and uh, kind of floating over there, just kind of looking at me. And uh, I remember uh, him looking at me and, and uh, I remember when we made eye contact, um, he looked at me and this is what he said. He said, I, I know who you are. He said, he said, you, you, you've come from Ron Erpeldine's church. And uh, I thought that was ironic. Ron Erpeldine is my pastor and, uh, and a very weighty man in the spirit. And I knew, I knew what he was saying was true. He said, I, I know who you are. He said, you've come from, from Ron Erpeldine's church. And, and then he said these words that, that here's where the revelation came in. He said, he said and, and you are a backslider. And he said, you are a liar. And when he, when he said these words to me, I realized that this is the thing that I've been fighting for for over a year. This was the principality. This was the, this was the demonic force and influence that had been coming through the channel of my thoughts for, for long. And I, I, all along, I thought it was myself. And uh, I had been dealing with these thoughts and dealing with these uh, some, somewhat struggles and and dealing with this darkness for so long that after a while, I just thought it was me. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I looked at him and I said, well, and I, I said, I, I, said uh, I said, where are you from? And this is what he said. He said, I am from the witch's cove. I'm like, man, this is crazy. But I just laid there looking at him and I said, well, I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And when I said that, amen, he leaped on me and, and he grabbed me and started shaking me. And it took several times, but after about three or four times, when I really stirred up in my spirit and I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ and I command you to get out and get away from me. It wasn't until then that he obeyed what I said, but, but God allowed this for me to get a revelation. Because there are some things that you deal with and that you go through, amen, that is demonic or that is just from life. But nevertheless, it is the will of God for you to have total and complete peace in your mind, in your spirit, and in your body. Somebody say amen. It is the will of God for you to be peaceful in your mind. And there are things that we go through. There's, there's traumatic experiences and there's nightmarish episodes. And, and there's, there's things that you can't even tell people that you go through. But nevertheless, I want to tell you, it's the will of God and it's the desire of God for you to have peace in your mind and in your spirit and in your life. Oh, praise God, praise God. And I, I got more of that story and maybe another time, but, but God had given me a revelation, amen, that the enemy still 
wants to create trauma and fear and anxiety and problematic, po problematic portions in your mind if he can. If he's got to lie to you on a daily basis, he will. If he's got to sow seeds of discord in your life, he will. If he's got to remind you of episodes from years ago to stir up problems and chaos in your mind, he will. But I thank God that we have a deliverer. I thank God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God. I thank God. It is his desire that we are totally delivered from all function and influence from the devil. Praise the Lord. Let me say it again. I thank God it is in his desire and it is his will and it is his prayer, so to speak, that his people live a joyful, filled life. A mind without condemnation. A mind without guilt. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord and say, I receive it, Lord. And with that being said, there's something happened in my spirit. There were some things that I, I didn't struggle with ever again because God had given me total deliverance and he allowed me to see the thing that was trying to captivate and control me. Amen. And I know there's things that are in this mind up here tonight sitting on the pews. Amen. It's not all demonic influence. Some of it's just life and natural occurrences. But nevertheless, it is the will of God for you to be peaceful in your mind. Oh, hallelujah. And, and, when, and when some of you leave here tonight, amen, there's going to be a beginning, a beginning of peace like you've never felt before. You're going to realize that there's going to be some struggles, amen, that won't plague you anymore. There's going to be some frustrations that won't frustrate you anymore. Amen, I look at the life of Miriam. And from the moment she was a little girl, the fear of the Pharaoh's edict troubled and gave her a nightmare. From the time that she was a young maiden, there she was. She heard the edict and the call of the great godlike Pharaoh, kill every man child and every boy. Could you imagine the nightmare she'd grown up with, with that voice and with the terror of that vibrato and the voice of that demonic pharaoh? Oh, God, there's another baby drowned in the Nile River. Oh, God, there's another family weeping because their little boy is gone. Who caused all of the nightmare? It was the voice of the pharaoh. How many days did she go downtown and see that treacherous, fearful chariot of the Pharaoh's army and the Pharaoh's soldier? How many of her fellow brethren and citizens and cousins and relatives has she seen smote down to the ground by those of the Pharaoh's military? Oh, years of trauma, years of fear, years of nightmare. And in one turn, God opened up the Red Sea. And in one day, all of her nightmares had drowned and disappeared. And I come here tonight, I know there's people in this auditorium, in this tabernacle tonight, amen, it's been lifelong struggles, uh, and you prayed, and you put fast before God, uh, and you pushed back the place, saying, God, why and when? And I'm here to tell you tonight that the Holy Ghost uh, is going to do a work for you. 
Hallelujah. Oh, God. Amen. All these years of nightmares drowned in one day. Amen. I'm sure Miriam prayed many nights, God, you can remove this army and this military and this demonic force that seems to control my people. Surely many times in prayer meetings, she had prayed, God, just one smite of your hand, you can relieve us of the power of Egypt. But she prayed and she waited and she waited and she prayed. And one day, God tapped Miriam on the shoulder. He said, I want you to look at this army because after today, they won't trouble you anymore. I've got some things that come against me at times. Things in my past. There's things in my personality and my character that God, I know just in one touch you can change it. If I can just get over this one hump, I, would, I can do so much more. But you're frustrated and you pray and you wait and condemnation, God, if you, could just, if you could just heal me of this, I could be so much better. If this thought didn't plague me, thoughts of inferiority, thoughts of being a failure, amen, thoughts, you ready for this? I'm some pervert. Oh, the devil will use any trick to get you down. There's people in here tonight, man, I'm so messed up. Why should I even pray? But God said, after tonight, there's a deliverer that's coming. And there's going to be some things. There's going to be some thoughts. God said, look on it tonight because after tonight, amen, it's not going to trouble you like it used to trouble you. It's not going to push you down like it used to push you down. Clap your hands unto the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Somebody say deliverance. Shikadaborasha. Fear. Man, fear is a voice. The Pharaoh operated on fear. Amen. And there's fear that captivates people and it traumatizes people, it paralyzes people, stops them from performing the works of God, stops them from beginning ministry, stops them from accomplishing goals, fear. But I feel like tonight God is going to zap the spirit of fear and the mentality of fear and he's going to embolden this church. Woo. Somebody say, do it, God. I feel joy. I feel liberty. And I feel peace. What about the feeling of inferiority? Man, what about when you get nervous around people and Hey Amen. You get all sketchy around people and you get all nervous around people. Hey Amen. I feel like God is going to deliver some people from the bondage of fear tonight uh, and he's going to renew you and he's going to recharge you and he's going to change us. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hey Amen. Sometimes deliverance doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes you got to wait on the deliverer to show up. Amen. I've seen people conquer things overnight. I've seen them give up smoking, and give up drugs, and give up alcohol. I've seen people overcome child molestation 
and all types of junk that comes from the past. I, I've seen people do it overnight, but I'll tell you, amen, that's a phenomenon in itself. Because like you, many times I've scratched my head saying, God, they've got the Holy Ghost and, and God, they come to church and God, they pray, but why are they still struggling? God said they need a deliverer, and I'm the only one that can deliver. Halamoshandaya. I've seen people struggle for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden the deliverer shows up on a Thursday night, and they're never the same person. I need the deliverer from time to time to reach into my spirit, reach into my mind, and break strongholds that seem to bound me up in chains. I would love to stand up here before you tonight and tell you as a preacher, all chains have been broken, all bondages have been set free, but like you, we wrestle with the flesh. Is a preacher in sin? No, I'm talking about a battle of the mind. The devil can come along and speak it so much until it gets imprinted on your spirit and your psyche and you begin to believe it and then you begin to accept it and then you begin to act accordingly until the deliverer shows up. I look at the nightmares of Miriam and this life, entire life of being subject to the voice of the Pharaoh. And then in one turn of events, from a father's hand that loved her, from a God's hand that loved her, from a God's heart that received her, from a God's mind that cherished her, God said this day, it's going to stop. Whoo, shut up. And it did something for Miriam. I look through the scripture and I see Miriam as the, the soldiers begin to drown in the Red Sea. I believe that she looked at her life. And from the time she was a little girl till now, she lived in fear of the Pharaoh's influence and the Pharaoh's voice. And after that day, God said, no more means no more. It did something to her heart. It did something to her mind. The verse 20 says, as Moses began to sing the song, as Moses began to hum, and Moses began to, begin to warble, Moses began to open up his voice, and people began to sing along. Man, there was a hush. There was a, an anointing that came upon this congregation. Uh, but there was something about Miriam. Amen. Something got a hold of her. Thanksgiving. A total acceptance of faith got a hold of her. And the Bible says she took a timbrel in her hands. I don't know if the person that had the timbrel wasn't using it. I don't know if the person that had the timbrel dropped it, but I do know she made a move, and now there was an instrument in her hand. And I know that God has done a lot of things for a lot of people, and I know that there are a lot of people that are thankful for what God has done for them. But, oh, friend, when God does something for you personally, 
When God does something for you on a personal level and the struggles were a personal struggle, man, you might praise him, but I've got to get my own timbrel and I've got to worship God for myself. I've got to express it unto God for myself. Woo! Say, man, why is she dancing like that? You don't know the struggle. You don't know the nightmare. You don't know the lifelong nightmare she was living. And the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And she was. Somebody say deliverance. Her morning had come. And her dance was in response to the deliverance. You ready for this? This is the first time we see two things. This is the first time we see somebody dancing before the Lord. And this is the first time that the word prophecy or prophetess is even mentioned. Because I believe that dancing before God is not only an idea, it's not only a state of mind, but it's also prophetic. Because when you dance before God, what you are telling God is, God, you've done it before. I know that you can do it again. That's why the writer said, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No thought that is formed against you shall prosper. No depression. Woo, clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, clap your hands unto Jesus. Amen. She grabbed the timbrel. And the dance represents, you ready for this? The dance represents total deliverance. Whether I feel it now or whether I have it now, eventually I'm going to get it. Now, I, I can spend time talking about a literal dance before God, but when I'm talking about dancing before the Lord, I'm talking about a mental disposition. I'm talking about the mind of an overcomer. I'm talking about the mindset that says, though I may fall, amen, I shall arrive. I'm talking about the scripture that says, rejoice not against me, oh my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arrive. That's the type of mental disposition. I know there's a struggle, but there's a deliverer in the house, and his name is Jesus. Woo! Miriam said, you know the reason why I'm dancing? She said, my prayers have been answered. You know the reason why I'm dancing is because I've been delivered. Praise God. Amen. Now, we know later down, the, ready for this? We know later down the scripture, she still has some struggles. What she said, but for the time being, God has delivered me from some things. This is why the devil don't want you rejoicing. This is why the devil don't want you lifting up your hands. This is why the devil don't want you talking positively about the ministry and about your church. This is why the devil comes and he tries to keep your hands down and your knees feeble. Because there's a mental disposition in the dance that says, I'm going to dance over my enemy. 
And I'm going to rejoice over the things that used to captivate me and the things that used to trip me up. I'm talking about dancing over inferiority complexes. I'm talking about dancing over depression. I'm talking about dancing over your past. Amen. Some people make so many excuses. I can't do it because of my past. But I've come to tell you, you can do it because of your future. Now, I'm going to dance on the fact. They say, why do you rejoice? Because I've got a future of liberty. I've got a future of peace. Amen. David said, it's vain for you to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. Hey, it's vain for you to let these things trouble you. It's vain for you to stay up late worried about the finances and worried about your children and worried about your future. Oh, the Bible says that he wants to give us a quiet and a peaceable life. And if that's the will of God, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I made it up in my mind that no matter what force or what pressure the devil throws at me, I'm still going to dance before God. I'm still going to come to church. I'm still going to lift up my hands. Because there's a deliverer. Hey, I'm telling you, man, I, 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 str I had struggled with some things. And I remember it was a Wednesday night at church. It wasn't a conference night. It, it wasn't a ceremonious night. It wasn't, a, it wasn't some festival. It was just a regular night. Lord, forgive me. A regular boring old Wednesday night. People were showing up late like they always do. Amen. And I was, I was in the prayer room. And I'll never forget something just came by and it was like God just walked by and he touched me and kept walking. Amen. But in that touch, he delivered something on the inside. Woo. Shandahada Bosai. I didn't realize it until I got in service, brother. And people started praising God. And I was praising God. And all of a sudden, I felt this over, overwhelming sensation to start rolling on the floor. I said, Lord, I am, no, 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 we ain't. Uh, I said, no, we ain't doing that. Uh, so it kind of backed off, and about five minutes later, it came on me again, and I'm like, oh, Lord, it, I'm, uh, man, I'm starting to do one of these right here. Yeah. Man, I'm getting nervous. Hurry up and end this song. But, but I didn't realize God had delivered something on the inside of me that I'd been struggling with. And my spirit and my body was acting in accordance to the deliverance. Because I had been bound up by these thoughts for so long until the deliverer showed up. And before I knew it, brother, I was rolling all on the floor. Ready for this? But normally I wouldn't do something like that because it's not in my character. But the spirit had something going on, and it needed to show the devil, amen, that I have conquered all of the things that were trying to conquer me, that I had conquered the things that were stealing my joy. I had conquered the things that were stealing my peace. I know what I'm talking about. Some of you walk away. Here, here. Some of you walk away from a conversation, and the first things that bombard your mind is, I should, I, 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 man, man, they don't like me. There's something wrong with me. 
You know what you ought to do? You ought to say, God, I may not see it yet, but I won't always be like this. I won't always have my struggles. Amen. I won't always have these afflictions. Amen. You ought to lift up your hands and say, God, amen, tonight is my night. Amen. Tonight is the night you lift off the weight and you lift off the deception and you lift off the... Amen. Almost done. Amen. I was reading about David. When David, you ready for this? David. David had got back something that he had lost. Amen. David had got back something he had lost. First Samuel 16, I think it is. And the Bible says when the Ark of the Covenant came back, you know what he started doing? He started dancing. Because more than, more than just a physicality or physical motion of action, dancing I'm talking about is a mental disposition. It's a spiritual attitude. That I may have lost some things, but God, you have the ability to give it back. And you say, man, I've lost my zeal, and I've lost my passion, and i lost my love for God, and I don't pray like I used to. God says, listen, why don't you raise up and begin to worship the king of kings and begin to change your spirit and change your attitude and say, God, I believe I can get it all back and more. God, return my passion back. Give me my prayer life back. Give me my victory back. Woo! What Paul Paul, I think it's Romans chapter 16, amen, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Woo. What was Paul talking about? Paul said, listen, you don't have to live defeated by all of this bombardment of negativity and lies and disillusionment to the point you're so confused. Say, man, I don't even know where God is. You know where God is. That's just the devil trying to tell you you don't know where God is. That's just life's experience and saying you ought to be confused. You ought to be a statistic. No, amen. God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Under whose feet? Under your feet. Praise God. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. God, it is the will of God that you have peace in your mind. Oh, stand to your feet and give God some praise tonight. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, praise God. I feel, man, I got things pulling on me. I got things, I got things pressured on me. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God of peace. I'm talking about a God of comfort, a God of confidence. You ready for this? A God of balance. He said, be anxious for nothing. Tell you something, man. People are going to struggle with sins. But you know what? You can be delivered from sin. 
People are going to struggle with sins of the flesh, but, but I believe in a God that can deliver on a Thursday night. Yes, Lord. You say, man, I've been struggling for years. That's all right. There's a deliverer in the house. When it came to Jesus, it said, even the devils are subject to us. Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents. Somebody say devils. And scorpions. Somebody say life's experiences. He said, I've given you power to tread upon devils and life's experiences. You ready for this? He said, but don't rejoice over that. He said, rejoice over the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Woo! Shot no bullshit. Woo! You know what he was doing, brother? He was giving you some ammunition. He was giving you a formula of victory that no matter what you throw at me, devil, my name's already written. And I know I've got my struggles, but I've got an advocate with the Father. And I know I've got my hiccups, and I know my mind ain't completely yet, but like David said, Lord, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Forsake not, O oh God, the works of thine hands. You know what David was saying? He ain't done working on me yet. And I'm going to walk in my peace that God has granted to me. And I'm not going to walk in condemnation. And I'm not going to walk in fear. And I'm not going to walk in guilt. And I'm not going to let the offender have the upper hand in my past. But tonight, I'm giving it to the deliverer. Ready? Luke chapter 10, verse 20, 21, the Bible says, And Jesus rejoiced in spirit. The Greek word there means he began to leap and jump. Y'all didn't know that, did you? The Greek word means he began to leap and jump. After he realized that his disciples have authority and power, ready for this, over demonic spirits, influences, and voices, and over life's experiences, influences, and voices, he said, now you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life according to the scriptures, according to the obedience of the salvation plan. He said, the next thing you got to learn how to do is dance over all things that try to triumph over you. Say, man, brother, point next, I don't feel like this. I'm not telling you to dance physically. I'm talking to you to have a mental conception. Woo. The Bible says, praise him. You ready for this? In the timbrel and the dance. Woo. Shout out, Bokasha. Man. Somebody say, my mind. Now, I know there's people here tonight, you go home, you dream about butterflies and cupcakes. I ain't talking to you. I'm, I'm not talking about you. You, you think about recipes and, and butter, buttermilk biscuits, and uh, that's fine. Some of us got to go fight Beezlebub, prince of the devils. 
Some of us got to go back and fight the past. Some of us got to fight fear, feeling of inferiority and frustration and all this junk. Amen. That's who I'm talking to. And the Bible says, ready? Praise him in the timbrel and the dance. And as you look at the timbrel, if we were to take the timbrel and give it human-like qualities, we turn Brother Timbrel into a person. We say, Brother Timbrel, how have you maintained your position in the house of the Lord all of these years? You know what Brother Timbrel will say? Every time something hits me, I've got something to say back. Some of y'all got that, didn't you? Say, Brother Timbo, how? How have you maintained your victory all of these years? He tell you, every time something strikes me, I start to make noise in the house of God. Say, Brother Timbrel, Brother Timbrel, how have you maintained your overcoming attitude all these years? Because every time something shakes me, I reply back with sound of praise. Shandabaha. See, some people, they get shook all up. They get quiet. Man, they get cowered over. They bend down. You don't hear about it. But the timbrel says, you know what? Every time something tries to grab me, that's when I start to make a noise unto the Lord. And what are you saying, Brother Poindex? I'm saying there's some things that are trying to shake you up. There's some things that are trying to back you in a corner. There's some things that you've been troubled with for a long time. But I want to tell you there's Jesus in the house and he's still filling people with the Holy Ghost. He's still raising the dead spiritually and physically. He's still healing the sick. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice. Anybody got a shout of praise? Come on, anybody got a shout unto the Lord? Come on, all through the sanctuary, lift up your voice right now. Because some of these struggles that you see here tonight, you will see no more. Come on, is there a shout in the house? Amen, I'm going to ask you to be transparent. Amen, I know, hey, you know what, but we're a family. We're a family. And I know there's always the potential to look, to be strong, to look like you got it all together, to look like everything's okay. And it may be. But if you want some relief tonight, I want you to come and I want you to line up at this altar. I'm not, I'm not saying you're struggling. I'm not saying you're backslidden. I'm just saying, God, you know. You know. I don't care if it's anxiety. I don't care if it's worry. I don't care if it's fright. I don't care if it's unforgiveness. I don't care if somebody stabbed you in the back. If you want spiritual relief, it's already starting right here. It's already moving. I tell you, there's a deliverer in the house. After tonight, after tonight, you say, man, my ex-wife did me wrong. That's all right. There's a deliverer in the house. I rebuke the lie of the enemy in the name of Habasandokeshe. 
Just lift up your hands unto the deliverer. Moses said, there's coming one after me. There's coming one after me. Come on. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Jesus is on the throne. Be troubled no more. Be troubled no more. Be troubled no more. Come on, obey the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's a delivering power in this house. There's a delivering spirit in this house. Be set free. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Thank you. 